Happy birthday, ladies and gentlemen, if it is your birthday, and welcome to your AEW Full Gear Review. I'm Josh again, and I'm joined by The Colonist. What's up, Colonist? You've just alienated 98% of our audience. <laughs> it isn't. So, hello to everyone else whose birthday it is not, and welcome to the review of the... Is this the first official pay-per-view? Do we count it like that? Uh, were Fighter Fest, uh, Fight for the Fallen, technically pay-per-views, or were they like special events? Uh, well, I, th I don't, I don't think they were on the same listing, but I think Double or Nothing was on the same listing. All In was definitely, and All Out was definitely on the same listing. So, I, I, I guess not, but it's the first. I'm, I'm calling it the first one just. Okay, it's the first official AEW pay-per-view. Um, so Sean, what were your overall thoughts on the show? Well, that's kind of the trend that AEW's got right now. They've got some that's really good, some that's okay, some that's bad, and some that's downright ugly. It's, they've offered a mixed bag, and they said they were going to be a mixed bag from the start, and that's, that's kind of what we got here. Mm -hmm. How about you? Uh, I didn't think this was quite as good as Double or Nothing, but I thought, it, other than Double or Nothing, this is their second best show. Because I felt that, like, um, up until the last two matches, it was okay. Like, nothing was bad, in my opinion. But the show was really saved by the last two matches. I think the last two matches were, were easily the best part of the show. Easily. Uh, when we get to them, I'll talk about my little bits and complaints here, and I'm going to do my best not to be as exposed as being as much of a cornet freak as I actually am. <laughs> Did you hear what he said about Justin Rogers? Uh, Justin, Justin Roberts? Roberts? Yeah, yeah. Justin Roberts. Um, I forgot what the line was, but yes, I almost guarantee did hear it. I forget what he said. Basically calling Justin Roberts a pedophile, which... Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's cornet. I mean, I'm not surprised, but... Wow. <laughs> Not even, not even the ring announcer is safe. I mean, I did say before that Justin Roberts sounds like a weenie, and he still sounds like a weenie. <laughs> um, uh, that's that's probably not the best way to put it after what Cornette said, but uh. <laughs> no, I see. Well, that kind of is getting to my point. I'm gonna try not to emulate Jim Cornette, but he does sound like a weenie. <laughs> well, let's just hope he keeps his weenie away from. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, yeah, so. So, so no Randy Orton jokes here. Either. Yeah, no Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, can you imagine Randy Orton as a school as a school teacher? What was going on behind the scenes of That's What I Am? That's what I want to know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> okay, so our opening match was uh, Santana and Ortiz, or as they're now known as Proud and... What is it again? Proud and Powerful, but I'm guessing you didn't see the pre-show. No, I did not. Okay, we need to talk about the pre-show. Oh, dear. Before we get to this match. Oh, dear. So, okay. So, first of all, I'm going I'm to make this real quick. They show the Santana and Ortiz package for this match with the Young Bucks no less than three times with the same footage. <laughs> they have Moxley and Omega have a, have a, you know, one of their promos. They sit down and they talk about their match, blah, blah, blah. They do the same thing with Cody and Jericho. And then we get... Brie Baker, Brie, uh, Britt Baker versus <laughs> B. Priestley. 
commentary, probably the best he's ever sounded on commentary, which I've, I've been kind of ambivalent to Taz mm-hmm. as, uh, as a commentator, but he was great here compared to Excalibur's nonsense. Darby Allen was shown in the stands, but he just looked like high as hell <laughs> and, and, and had like no context to that. There was like, they just showed him sitting in the audience for no reason. I guess like Raven used to. Uh, it was all very confusing. Raven with a skateboard. And uh, honestly, B. Priestley is really impressing me. She could definitely be a big part of the women's division going forward if they want to turn this sinking ship around. Uh, as B. Priestley is really, you can see that she's doing a lot of good heel stuff. Britt Baker, I like her, but she's inexperienced. Mm-hmm. She's green, and it really showed this match. Dude, they did a cutter. She did a cutter that would make you cringe. It makes... Okay, let me put it this way. It makes Eva Marie look airtight. Ooh, that's a yeah. burial right there. That is a yeah. burial. It was It was awful. And it was just she was just sloppy, and it just like... I think she's got a lot of potential. She's got a good look. She's got a good promo on her. But she got a good she gimmick? Needs, she needs more refinement, I think. I, I need to see this cutter. You do need, you should, well, you don't want to see this cutter. It was bad. Is it the room of cutters? It was, ugh. I don't know. I, I don't think anyone's saying hi to Mark after this one. <laughs> okay, question, oh, no. question. What was worse or weirder, this cutter or the way um, Ortiz sold the super kick? It was like he had a standing seizure and fell over. Oh, but this, it got better. So, uh, B. Priestley taps out to Britt Baker. Britt Baker puts the manual. Britt Baker leaves the ring. Then out comes Brandy Rhodes and Awesome Kong out of nowhere and walk to the ring because, you know, I guess Brandy's had this big psychotic break. Yeah. That she's like, I'm not women's champion, but I run division. Help. So, I, I guess. So... She's got Awesome Kong. They walk to the ring. B. Priestley's still in the ring. Awesome Kong takes out a knife. And when she takes out the knife, everyone like gets wicked tense. Like, whoa, where's this going? <laughs> we want to see knife, a live murder. Then puts it away, does a wrestling move. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, wait. It gets better. Takes the knife back out, cuts a piece of B. Priestley's hair, and, like, sniffs it. And like holds it up in victory, and then they just leave the ring, and it cuts to another Santana and Ortiz promo. Yeah, I saw snippets of that. That's really weird. This made no sense. So I'm weird. Like, what the fuck was this? And first of all, I would not have minded this nearly as much if they did this to Britt Baker, because Britt Baker was the babyface. Yeah. But Awesome Kong, who was a heel, and Brandy Rhodes, who was a heel, did this to be Priestley, also a heel. I'm sorry, but I'm just like, she pulled out a knife. And then gave her a wrestling move. I'm just like... <laughs> I know. No, no, that honestly made me pop. I'm like, did you realize just how badly you screwed yourself over there? Do yeah. the move first. Yeah, like, at least give her a move on the knife. Okay. Yeah, Probably the... shouldn't endorse that. Uh... <laughs> well, well, we'll get to stuff like that later. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, I wrote in my notes that shit cutter was shit. <laughs> so, just in case you need to know. But, honestly, it was a good match. It was a good match. They just they they both could be really refined as wrestlers, I think, and and it would really help both of their causes. 
and I hope they get to work with some more experienced women as, as they go along. Alright. So was there anything else on the pre-show? Besides... Uh, just more Santana and Ortiz promos. I was about to say, other than 5 million Santana and Ortiz promos. They did three of them on the pre-show, and then we opened with another Santana and Ortiz promo <laughs> with the same footage. Man, this show was already on your bad side when it started, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I see... I don't... It's not bad for me. I just... When things are bad, I just laugh. You know, it's like watching a B movie. <laughs> That's bad. It's like, okay, it's bad, but it's so bad it's funny. That's how bad it is. This, this was like, come on, guys. And if you're gonna promote, okay, if you're gonna promote something four times, at least have it on later on a card. Yeah. Like, don't open the show with the match that you promoted four times in in the span of like an hour and five minutes. They really, really, really want you to see this match, dude. And I bet you that's the Bucks going, we need our match to feel important. Please. <laughs> show the same thing over and over and over again. Interesting, that. It's like, so, it's like welcome. we won't stop showing this promo until you cheer for our match. <laughs> Can I say, by the way, now that we're actually in the main show... It was refreshing to have a two-man commentary team, even if Excalibur was on that commentary team. Yeah, although I will say Tony Schiavone was sorely missed, in my opinion. I agree. Because... I would have liked JR Schiavone, to be honest with you. Yeah, because JR did not have a good night. I love the guy, but he was very... He kept... Like, there was one time when, like, during the women's match where he couldn't pronounce one of their names and he got pissed off and started swearing <laughs> on commentary. <laughs> oh, that was... Oh, man. Well, we'll get to that, too. So we're at the tag match here. Yeah, uh, Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful. Don't really... Versus the Young Bucks. And I honestly... I thought this was a good match, but it went on too long. I thought this match took way too long. Yeah, it was I very, mean, very this long. Was like, this could have been done half the time. Yes, I agree. I mean, it's the opener. There's a couple things that bother me about this match. I think Santana and Ortiz look good. I think those two have got quite a lot of talent and are valuable to the tag division. Mm -hmm. what, what they need to do is get away from the Young Bucks. <laughs> and get away from those talent vacuums. Wow. Yes. Wow. Dropping bombs on this show. I am, I'm, I'm, I, there are things that I have now realized in AEW, now that I've watched... Every quote-unquote pay-per-view up to this point, even though this was the first, of watching all of the special events up to this point, I have made decisions that there's some things in AEW I'm just not going to tolerate anymore. And one of those things is the Young Bucks. And the reason why is that, and, and, is that I don't believe they quite know how to get fans behind them other than doing moves. They do do a lot of moves. And for 13 years in the business of peace, they ought to know better. For example, they they start off doing the thing, you know, they get their moves in. It immediately starts with two very obviously, let's just coordinate hockey fight, hockey fights. So the crowd just was kind of blah to start off the match. Then they get into it a little bit, and then they do the ref thing with Santana and Ortiz where, like, they don't acknowledge the foot tag. Yeah, it was weird because, like, Santana and Ortiz were, like, coming off as baby faces in this match. Cause... Um, and, they were the, and they were clearly the heels. Yeah, it was very and, weird. And then the Young Bucks worked heel for a little bit, and that went on for a bit. So then Santana makes a comeback, 
<laughs> and then they flip that around, and then they start to get some actual heat on them later, because then they start doing the isolation of the Young Bucks. Yeah. And they're getting some heat, but the Young Bucks are not getting cheered. <laughs> it's just Santana and Ortiz getting booed. It's honestly, it honestly kind of felt like two different people booked this match, except one person booked like the first ten minutes, got fired, and the second came, per- person came in and was like, okay, I'll finish the rest of this match. It's it- almost like the Tony Khan had just like three match descriptions laid out on the table and just like stacked them all together and said, do that. Just crumpled them up and just started like, chucking at them. Do this. Do that. Here's three matches. Work all three matches in this one match. We'll give you the first half of the entire show. You have plenty of time. You have way too much time. And then, and then the Bucks make the comeback, uh, comeback number one of two. They do a whole bunch of shit, and then it just they could have just cut their losses and ended it there. The crowd was still kind of blah at this point. Uh, then they do they go through all that again. They start isolating them again to the Young Bucks. The young Bucks make kind of a comeback, kind of. And then Santana and Ortiz win with their whatever their move is. The street sweeper. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie, um, that was uh, well, uh, I do think Nick did a decent job selling his knee once they actually got to that. But again, it was really weird because they were doing the referee didn't see the tag thing, and the crowd got pissed. They did another referee didn't see the tag or something like that, and they did that twice. But with the heel team. So, the crowd started getting behind the heels, and I'm just like, I thought the Young Bucks were the baby faces in this match. Yeah, they, <laughs> it was very well, weird. That's kind of what I'm getting at with the Young Bucks, is I don't think they know the difference. I don't think they know when to work baby face, what to do to work baby face. Slash, when they work heel. You know, I think they're just going in doing their shit. Yeah. Regardless, rather than altering what kind of personality they're putting into the match, depending on who's, whether they're being healed, whether they're being babyface. And for, for people, these guys worked in TNA with Hogan and Bischoff. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to have been telling them the difference. I have to imagine. Dude, can, you, can I just say that the Rock and Roll Express, by doing, like, two moves, was, like, an, a million times more over than the Young Bucks were in this match? Stress was the most over part of the match. Yeah. And it was after the match. That was hilarious. Yeah. Ricky Morton at 64 or whatever, north of 64, I'm sure, got the biggest pop of the night. Did the most assisted Canadian destroyer of all time. Yeah, it didn't matter. And then he did a suicide dive because he's insane, and everyone was, like, losing their mind. But the, it's not that he's insane, it's just that he never does that kind of stuff. But because people do a billion of those all the time in every match, every yeah. single time you see him, it's not special. Whereas it's special with Ricky Morton, because when have you ever seen Ricky Morton do a Canadian Destroyer? <laughs> never. You, you, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it's, yeah, that, that is another thing. There was at least one suicide dive in every single match. I noticed that. I noticed that as well. And I was, there, I was like, come on, guys. Like, way to make a move, not me, the damn thing. But, um, and, and another weird thing about this match, they kind of messed up the finish because the finish was uh, one of the Young Bucks would get posted while the, uh, the, the um, Santana Ortiz would do the, the street sweeper on the other one. I don't know what happened, 
there was some kind of slight miscommunication where uh, uh, Matt Jackson, I think, went for a shoulder block in the corner. You know, they do the shoulder block, they move out of the way, they get posted. He completely missed. Like, either either one of them didn't move out of the way fast enough, or he went too fast. It just looked very, uh, it looked very awkward. At that point, I was just saying, please, dear God, let this match end. Yeah, I, I'm begging for mercy here. Yeah, I do. I do not have as much of a harsh opinion on the Young Bucks as you do. I think they're fine, but this match I thought was good. Just went on way too long. It's, it's, they, they could have cut. They should have cut their losses after the first Bucks comeback. Yeah, and and I would have been way more okay with this match. But I will say, the the way uh, Ortiz sold that super kick. I've never like what? I was just like, "What are you doing, dude?" Like he had a st- You remember when JTG sold the crap out of the Cobra? Yes. It was sort of like that, <laughs> kind of. It was like if Enzo was doing this dance, but <laughs> like not moving at all. That's exactly what it was, and then he did a flare flop. I, I, I mean, that was I'll weird. Him for at least uniqueness. Yeah. That's but, he's that's a strange dude right there. That is that a strange was, that dude. Was something else. I, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, and I will say I do think that the right team won. Agreed. Yeah, because Agreed. again, you got to continue to get the inner circle over as a faction, and you can't do that by having them lose all the time. So they won this match, and I believe that they wish they should have won this match. I wonder if the Young Bucks think that they're over enough that they're putting all these other teams over and actually giving them elevated rubs. <laughs> They probably do. They probably are like, we're going to help this young up-and-coming talent. <laughs> it's like, we, the Which young is, bucks. Well, <laughs> I hear that they were not really that cared for in Japan. Yeah. Nobody really gave a damn about them. They just happened to be around the guys who were actually doing good work. Man, a lot of salty opinions on the young bucks on this podcast. I, listen, I gave them benefit of the doubt. I gave them, I watched five or six matches of theirs. And I just, uh, um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. You're just not doing it for me. All right. Up next, I believe, was uh, Hangman Page versus Pac. Yeah. Speaking of people who are doing things for me. This match was really good. Both of these guys, I, I would say that as far as wrestling matches are concerned, this was definitely the second best of the night. Yeah, this was a very good match. I love both of these guys. Although, I will say... Why did they have a rematch on Dynamite? Because we're we're reviewing this a week late. Why did they have an immediate rematch on Dynamite? I don't know because it wasn't a screwy finish at all. Yeah, it was a decisive babyface victory. I, I, oh, probably because like they're trying to determine the new number one contender, and they were mentioning before, like during this match, they mentioned it a few times that like I guess Adam Page was the number three yeah uh, contender and. Pox number two. two. So maybe they're trying to determine like who's the number one contender now because Cody's down and going to be obviously working with MJF, which we'll get to in a second. Not going to lie, it kind of felt like 50-50 booking. I'm sure that it was intended to be a, a number one contender's match, but I don't think it was ever advertised as such. No, it was not. So, and I don't know who won either. Uh, it was Pac. Pac got the win back. I mean, we're... <laughs> I, I, we're talking about guys who, but I, I guess this feud is one of those. I mean, I don't mind seeing Pac and Page again. Me either. Me either. They, they, uh, as much as I do think that was weird, they did have a really good rematch on uh, Dynamite. I, I think that they're 
also trying to maintain that viewership on Dynamite too. You know, yeah. still trying to build an audience. This past week was the first week that they'd actually increased significantly in viewership. Yeah, didn't they have like nine hundred thousand something? Yeah, they they went almost back up to a million, which is pretty good for what they were doing. They were losing hundred thousands consistently for a while. Yeah. But now they they you know they boosted that back up. So maybe it might just be for somebody who didn't want it. Who didn't catch the pay per view before to get a little taste of that action? And if there's any match to do that with on this show, I'd say this was it. Yeah, because these two absolutely. Well, I wouldn't say tore the house down because again, like uh, there was a other match that was that was better in my opinion. But they came pretty close to stealing the show in my opinion. Yeah, they really did. I mean, I I really enjoyed everything here. Although I will say there was one spot that I thought was kind of goofy. The uh, brain buster on the chair on the outside. It was an awesome visual, except if you look closely at the, at the quote-unquote steel chair. It had a cushion on it. Yeah, I mean... So, that kind of ruined it for me, but it, it, it only took me out of the match for like a second. Well, and that's the funny thing too, because like, it was kind of a theme the whole night. Yeah. They were, they were definitely being safe with all of their hardcore stuff. Yeah. You which know, you gotta give them credit for that. Which which I do commend them for. If you're gonna do hardcore stuff, because I'm not gonna cornet that. I I was yeah. raised in the in the ruthless aggression era, and I saw some hell of a cell matches that were nasty. Yeah. So I don't mind hardcore wrestling at all. It's I'd better than I'd rather them be safe if they're gonna do some some of the stuff they did like that. I thought that brainbuster on the chair. Honestly, if they wanted to piss people off and get some heat on pack. Pack should have won that with a countout. Yeah. And that would have really pissed people off. And then you could have probably justified having the match on Dynamite that way. But also, I will say, one one thing I really liked about this match is, what is one thing we constantly complain about in WWE? Dumb baby faces. Where do we start? Oh, oh that is true. Dumb baby faces. <laughs> Adam Page in this match was a smart baby face because when Pac was distracting the referee, he went for the low blow. Adam Page saw it coming and countered, and then won the match. So, I love stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was great, too, with like him trying to hit that buckshot lariat and never mm -hmm. quite getting it the yeah. whole match. I would have liked to have honestly seen him connect with it. I would have popped when he finally did hit it. But, the way that they went around it is totally fine. With the brutalizer, is that what he calls it? Yeah. That counter and the brutalizer, that was very cool. Yes, it was. Uh, that was very nice. Uh, obviously, uh, Pac is just so damn good. Pac, I kind of wish he was a babyface so we could, he could challenge Chris Jericho and win the world title. Pac is so good. Uh, it'll give him some time. Yeah. Give him some time. I, I think that there's there's more. There's definitely more with him to do with AEW. He's one of the best guys they've got right now. So, so honestly, yeah. This was a big thumbs up. Yeah, absolutely. And Paige, there was an interesting thing about uh, that JR mentioned, and I wonder what you, your thoughts on that are. Because Paige does, like, he did the moonsault, and he, of mm -hmm. course, did the suicide dive on that. And mm -hmm. Jerry made a point to mention that he wished that he wouldn't do that. Because he's just, to him, Adam Page and the whole cowboy shit thing seems more like a ground-and-pound guy. And, and more of a, a you know, that, that meat-and-potatoes yeah. kind of wrestling kind of thing. And I saw JR's point, And it actually might actually make him more distinct from a lot of the cohorts that he's got in AEW if he didn't do those except on rare occasions. 
because it's it's an interesting idea because Adam Page, I understand what JR's talking about as far as like, you know, that cowboy level stuff yeah. is that right I'm on the ground. I mean, the moonsault looks great. I'm not mm-hmm. knocking the moonsault at all. But uh, I don't know. What's your take on that? Because I definitely see how it could help Adam Page to not do it. Yeah, I, I do see his point too. Maybe a way to split the difference would be for Adam Page to save the moonsault for like special occasions. Something like yeah. that. Yes. You know, and even on TV, mm-hmm. it'd be nice if even if he just saved it for pay-per-view matches. Yeah. You know, or something like that. But yeah, I, I do. I do very much uh, think Jr's onto something with that. Yeah, I, I think I think it would honestly help Adam Page out tremendously as far as his his appeal, because then it wouldn't be like, oh, he's he's a cowboy, but he's a gymnastics cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, so just it was an interesting thing. It just kind of flipped under the radar, but it was an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But all good stuff here. Yeah, love, love this match. Um, up next was um, I think up next was uh, Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. <laughs> oh boy. Let me guess. Uh, not a fan of Joey Janela, huh? Okay. Once again, <laughs> again I'm trying not to be cornet, but I'm about to do it with his quotes. Uh, once again. <laughs> I have given this dude benefit of the doubt. I think that he's good in his niche. Mm-hmm. You know, which is just, honestly, just being a massive goof. And a massive goober wrestler. I absolutely agree. He's, he's like, super wacky. Super wacky. But, but he tried to work, like, a pro wrestling match with, with Sean Spears. And and Janela, who looks like the milky booger you wipe on your sleeve. <laughs> oh, my God. Paper towel. He looks um, very, very wacky. He he looks, he looks and acts very wacky. He, he did a bunch of shit. I don't think he knew how to do. And Sean Spears is a hell of a professional, you know. And and Spears carried him to a halfway passable match. I personally thought the match was all right. It, it very much felt like a TV match. Yeah, it it, it didn't really belong on this pay per view. Totally, I, mean, I think the 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 corkscrew with the with that Tully assisted on the ring steps was pretty nasty. The pile yeah. driver. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was the best part of the. Well, that was one of the best parts of the match. And I will say for that Death Valley driver. I mean, I I, I really would have been upset if Joey Janela beat Sean Spears. But, I really would have been upset about that because Sean Spears, I think, is someone that they really should go to for really solid mid card matches. Dude, he's done a complete 180 from like the happy go, the somewhat happy go lucky uh, Ty Dillinger. Like he's it. he's intense. I love it. I honestly yeah. love it. I'd like to hear Tully talk at some point. Yeah. Because Tully's one of the best talkers there's ever been, but he hasn't said a word on AW. What what's up with that? But um, my favorite thing in this match was honestly when uh Sean Spears tied up uh Joey Janela's hair in the tag rope in the corner. And Joey Janela had to rip out his own hair to get free. I really like that. I thought that was I thought that was interesting. I, I, I actually had to hurt a little bit because my hair is fairly long. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit prior on the same size as Janela's. And and I just that just hurt, man. I, I couldn't even look at that. I'm like, oh god. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, it. Because if you want to uh, sell that someone's crazy, that's a good way to do it. I will say it's not all bad with him. I think that he has a certain level of charisma 
You know, I think he has an ugly ass face, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. I'd, I'd, I'd like him a lot more if he had Christian's face. <laughs> <laughs> but then Vince would hate him. Uh... <laughs> Who cares? He's in AEW. Yeah, that is true. Okay. But, but he throws a mean punch. Yeah. He throws a real mean punch. If he kept to, like, Pitbull, Jamie Noble style, just all punches, all kicks, kind of the same thing with Paige, but just, like, a little scrappy-doo type of fighter, I'd honestly like him a lot more. And he can actually, well, he can bump and he can sell pretty good. Like, he can bump and sell fine if he's doing punches and kicks. I just think whenever he tries to do a move, he looks like a total goober. <laughs> Did you see the way he sold that uh, that one V-trigger on uh, Dynamite? No, I didn't. Go look up uh, uh, Kenny Omega V-triggers uh, Joey Janela. He looks like he gets shot in the head with a gun. It, it was beautiful. It looked brutal. Well, it's it, like he's got certain ability. I'm not denying that he's got certain ability. I just think that most of his moves look like garbage. What even, what even is his finisher? looks like garbage. What even is his, like, finishing move? Doing a moonsault when nobody's in the vicinity and landing face first on the canvas. Oh, yeah. Or, or on the outside. On the outside. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. All right. Um, so, yeah, right, the correct person won. Yeah, yeah. But is... well, we will rate this match a Sean would rather wash his eyes out with bleach than look at Joey Janela for five seconds out of ten. Surveys of like how good did our company do, and they give you the five buttons of like very poor, poor, fair, good, very good. Mm -hmm. It was like poor to fair. Okay. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it was it was just eh. Not I, I, not your cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. Not my thing. All right. Up next, honestly, it kind of disappoints me to say this. This was my least favorite thing on the the show. Uh, triple Threat Tag Team Championship match. Um, the World T Tag Team Champions, uh, SCU defending against the Lucha Bros and Private Party. I didn't hate this match. I thought it was fine. But that's just the problem. It was fine. You know what I mean? How the hell did Lucha Brothers and Private Party earn this title match so fast? I, I, well, um... Because, because what I don't understand is, like, do this big ass tournament wouldn't you want the tournament finals to be a reason to turn into the pay-per-view yeah to see yeah. this crown the first champions why'd they do that why'd they give that away on tv and then have just a random haphazard next two teams available into this triple threat tag match this the whole placement on this card made no sense honestly that's not even what bothered me it was the match itself it was just it took forever to get going and when it finally started going somewhere it just ended i do like yeah and, uh, I like the belt designs, so. though. Yeah, the belts look really cool. And they have the snake skin on the back. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. I still hate them announcing Private Party weighing in, in cranberry vodka. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie, that makes me laugh. That pops I me. That. I I think that's the dumbest fucking thing. Name the weight. I'm, this is one of those moments that I, you don't... For me, I'm, I'm going old school with that. It's like, at least make it seem like it's something of an athletic competition. Yeah. With, with, by giving weights. The, the so thing I, that annoys me... Both like 50 pounds soaking wet with a brick in each pocket and they're just embarrassed to reveal how skinny they are. The one thing about Private Party that kind of annoys me is whenever he starts screeching. 
That that weird scream he does. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, why? He sounds like Melina. That's... Yeah, he does. Not, it's not a compliment. No, no, he really does, though. That's, that's funny you say that. He really does. Like, why? And, uh, and, and who was the heel in this? I couldn't what? tell you. Was it Lucha Bros? Because they were getting the most cheers. Ethnic <laughs> <laughs> was trying to be the baby face, but they're getting booed. Private Party's baby face, but they're like, nobody viewed them as winning this match. It took till this match. Another thing that bothers me, this is match five into the show, if you include the pre-show. Yeah. It took until this match to get a collar and elbow tie-up. Oh yeah, you're right. I didn't even know, I didn't even notice that. There were two collar and elbow tie-ups in the eight matches on this show. Hmm. Two. Just think about that. And another thing, Frankie Kazarian needs to stop doing that Hurricane Rana to the outside, because he did something like that on uh, Dynamite in the tag team title finals match, where he banged his head on the apron. And I thought he concussed himself. His head looked like when he did it this time, it almost looked like his head bounced off the floor. He needs to stop yeah. doing that. Yeah, he's, uh... He's not exactly a spring chicken. No, but man, he's dedicated. He I, is, I he is. I respect Frank Kazarian, but, but I, I see what you mean. Yeah, he needs, um, he needs to be more careful with that, because that's two times now where I've just been like, ooh, don't, don't do that move, don't do that move. It's like Biggie Langston with the freaking apron spear. Just stop, uh... Yeah, that, yeah, that one, that one always, uh... Yeah. That's always a crash and burn. Yeah, it really is. That shooting star of Mark Quinn's could be a finish. Yes. Because it looks fucking beautiful. It is amazing. It was absolutely gorgeous. And, and uh, no surprise to anyone, Ray Phoenix stole this entire match. Because the dude's a crazy guy. And it's, his rope play is impeccable. It's, I mean, um, it's so good. I, I still think the best thing I've ever seen him do was, I believe it was, I think it was on the tag team title match in the finals where he had the guy by the arm, and he was on the ropes. They tried to sweep his legs, but he jumped and landed back on the ropes and then did the move. That was yeah. dope. That was dope. Yeah, they, I mean, Phoenix and Penta are, so, are just so damn good. Yeah, but... I mean... Again, I didn't think this match was bad. It just... No one cared. And when they started to care, it ended. I think because when, when you have a triple threat tag match, it's hard to really identify clear heels and clear baby faces and, like get people behind one team and not behind another team and then even after the match lucha brothers are still trying after as, as over as they are are still trying to get heat on themselves by yeah. taking out scu daniels gets a mild pop yeah uh, everyone saw it coming though but but fucking this idiot excalibur <laughs> it's pentagon trace <laughs> what there's only one Pentagon. They're the Lucha Brothers. It'd have to yeah. be Lucha Trace. Like, <laughs> Pentagon Dos. This goof. This fucking goof. Yeah, I'm not not gonna lie. I'm not that big a fan of Excalibur either. He I just told him to take off his mask yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, not not tonight. Not tonight. All right, take off the fucking mask, Excalibur. You haven't done it to on literally everyone's birthday, but even in the promo packages, he's trying to give these like analysis, and he just looks like a total fucking goof. But apparently, he takes this as seriously as if he is a luchador, if you if you want to ask Jimmy Havoc. Did you hear about that? No, I did not. Excalibur beat the shit out of Jimmy Havoc at Tony Giovanni's birthday party because I guess Jimmy Havoc posted an Instagram picture of Excalibur without his mask. Oh, yikes. 
at some famous chicken place that always is good with wrestling. I don't remember it. I'm, I'm not that into it. But, like, he doesn't wrestle. He's an announcer, so... Uh, well, I guess he takes that very seriously. Is he I, even... Is he even... I don't know. I, I don't know. <clears throat> that would have been my answer. Whatever question you were about to ask, I don't know. <laughs> I just want him to take the mask off or just leave. I, want, I wish that we could have replaced him with Shivani. He irked me all night. Honestly... And we're going to get some more reasons why he irked me in just a second. Honestly, this the commentary would have been so much better if it was Jim, Jim Ross and Shivani. Yeah, I really would have liked it so much better. Honestly, like, okay, we're going to fast forward a teeny bit. It got on my nerves so bad when he could not identify an Alabama slam. I know, I know. How do you not know what that is? That, dude, that JR, you can hear the disappointment in JR's yeah. heart and soul. <laughs> Although, did you know that there's another move for the Alabama slam? I learned this over the week. When when uh, Hardcore Holly start use uh, when he did it during the Attitude Era, you know what some people wanted him to call that move? What? You know how his name is uh, Hardcore Holly. They wanted it to be called, and I'm not joking, the Holly Cost. I, I I'd say run with it. Guess whose idea that was? I. Oh, oh it'll be so funny, damn it! No, 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 no. Wrong Vince. Wrong Vince. Uh, see, that's... that's, that's well, that was rude. That was my Russo impression. Oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding, bro. <laughs> bro. Bro, if you if, could, like, reference the Holocaust, bro. If you want a finisher to get viewers, you've got to relate it to the people. Yeah. Bro, ashes to ashes, bro. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, okay, this we are both going to hell so fast. No, we really are. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, let's let's take it back. Let's take it back. Where were we on the show? Uh, we were at my dumpster fire of the night. <laughs> okay, so after the tag team match, SCU retained. Uh, then up next was the AEW Women's Championship match. Riho, uh, Colin's favorite female wrestler of all time. Versus, um, God, I can't remember her name either at this point. Emmy Sakura. Emmy Sakura, thank you. Which, trust me, if you ask JR, it's a lot harder to say than you would think. Yeah, JR had a real tough time with this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, um, I thought this match was good, but I can totally see, like, again, the disappeal, if that's even a word, the unappeal, lack of appeal, uh, with Rio. This match would have been great if there wasn't a stick in the dress defending the title. <laughs> if there wasn't a literal, a literal fetus wrestling I mean, in this match. She was walking to the ring, and the and that small ass belt was around her to the last snap line. <laughs> Why is that belt so small? Is it just because of Rio? But it's not small enough for Rio, who had to put it on the last available snap. Because she's so damn small, it wouldn't fit around her waist otherwise. I, I, I don't like the design of the women's championship belt. I just don't. I, I, that doesn't even bother me at this point. It doesn't it's even so tiny. As much as it's proportionate to the woman wearing it. That is Maybe true, but still. A bigger woman has it. Like, <laughs> AEW, listen to me. 
whenever Riho loses this belt, whenever she loses it to hopefully someone with a little bit more girth, add some girth to the belt, please. Like, stretch it out. St not, not quite there. We don't need a penis behind the belt. Uh, okay. Okay. You kind of walked into that one. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, uh, oh god, I kind of lost my train of thought right there. Uh, anyway. Change the size of your belt. Yes. Uh, so, part of this match, again, you were talking about, like, how they were trying to make sure everyone was safe in this match. Not this match. Riho did a stomp to the outside on, uh, the outside on Sakura that must have sucked. That looked yeah, so painful. It did look real painful. I mean, Sakura was doing everything she could yeah. to get fans into this match. Yeah. And nobody gave a damn. Myself included. Yeah, and like there were two stomps from both of them in this match, where they where the stomp instead of landing on like the midsection, landed on the arm. And I was just Rio like, does not have any other moves. Like, oh, like no, no, no. Like Sakura did a diving stomp, and she landed right on Riho's arm, and I'm just like, oh. Yeah, I did notice that. That oh man, how was that? Like again, considering how small she is, how did her arm not just break off and go flying into the audience? in this match in general because they weren't a Japanese women's match. Yeah. And it's not made for American cornet smart. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, this, this match was not intended for me to watch or for me to enjoy. I do think that all or, people who do like that. It was definitely not, it was, I was not the target audience for this match. Yeah, I personally thought it was fine. I thought it was enjoyable. But I, but that's mostly because like they were killing each other with those stomps, although I wish they would stop doing that. Like, stomp on the midsection, not the arm. You're going to break someone's arm doing that. But I do really like that weird around-the-world roll-up that Riho does. It, it honestly looks kind of cool. It looked cooler from someone bigger. <laughs> yes. Sorry. You sizest bastard. Anyway. Am, uh, yes, you know what? I am sizest. <laughs> when the only move that she's got that looks anywhere like it's going to be effective and it's the only move she has is a double stomp or a single stomp or a double stomp or... Them knees, though. Top, and then a roll of victory for the fifth and second time I've seen your match. I'm just not interested because you're not showing me anything at all. You're no. showing me that I can, I'm 98 pounds and should not be winning all these matches. Honestly, the best thing in this match was that one tilt to roll backbreaker. But that's again because she's so tiny. That, looked, she, that did look cool. She spun her around like a pizza. And I did pop for that because I'm like, good. Good. <laughs> well, um, so. This, this woman makes me actually angry. Amy Sakura was fine. Yeah. I, I mean, she's obviously a veteran, and she was trying to get the crowd into it as much as she could. And, and it just it just did not do that for me. I want, I also thought this match went way too long. This I was will... another 15-minute, 20-minute match that could have gone in half the time. Yeah. Uh, this, this show was a long show, including the pre-show. It's four and a half hours of, of content. You know, they could have cut this match straight on down, and I would not have had an issue with it. Yeah, um, I thought this match was fine. I, I would honestly, like, give it a moderate thumbs up, but not all the way thumbs up. Like, in the middle, going, leaning upwards. I'd rather stick my thumb up my own ass. Okay, moving on, uh... <laughs> so... <laughs> Alright, so... Honestly... Well, you were clearing out your colon, apparently. Uh, I am the colonist. Jesus Christ, I walked into that one. 
Anyway, uh, so I think we can both agree that the show significantly amped things up from this point onward. Yes, this is what this was the match I was wanting to see. This is the match that I was ready to see. And this match, I mean, I didn't even know what I was expecting, but it definitely over-delivered. Cody versus Jericho. Match of the night. Easily. I think this was match of AEW. This was so, so good. This mean, is like, AEW at its best. I like Cody and Dustin. That match was fantastic. But mm-hmm. as far as a great match and a great angle afterwards, and it, like everything, the, the professionals were professional here. It was yeah. fantastic. Everything was big, but Cody, you, dude, that is my one critique of this match. You didn't need to hard way that. Like that was not necessary. He honestly scorpioned himself on that ramp. I mean, the juice was good. Yeah, the blood was good. It definitely added to. The but match. he had a crater in his forehead. Yeah, that was that was nasty. I'm just like, don't do stuff like that, dude. Like, oh, that was hard to watch. And it's not just that he bounced headfirst on the on the the ramp. He landed face first and slid a little bit, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was nasty. Yeah, it really was that. And uh, I I I wrote down on this because we were talking about Justin Roberts. You know what I really miss and would really help uh, AEW, I think, for these title matches. Uh, what Michael it... Buffer. Old WCW announcer. Ah. The guy who did those big title matches. Because Justin Roberts, I like the dude. I think he's good for the under undercard matches, kind of like David Penser was for WCW. But I think we need a bigger, a deeper voice. And he's really good with kids, allegedly. Uh, uh, but uh, one thing that I wish AEW would start doing um, for title matches is like have a animation graphic for the title belts. Say what you will about the WWE. I like that they have, like, graphics for the, the belts, because it makes it yeah, feel special. Yeah, those are pretty cool. Yeah. Those are pretty cool, but I mean, I, I don't really... And you don't need it, but... Yeah. But, but it would be kind of cool, even if it was something small. But aside uh, from Cody giving himself... Aside from Cody literally trying to give himself a fatality in this match, uh, I have no complaints about this match. Everything was just about perfect. Yeah, I... I it's insane. I, this is, like... Thing. I complain about the entire undercard, and then they come in and deliver this. Yeah. You know, this company is schizophrenic. <laughs> this company is fucking schizophrenic. It gives you the the drizzling shits, and then serves you a plate of pancakes. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand. Um, I thought that both guys looked great, even though Jericho has those flabby daddy nipples. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He Dude, he needs to do the juice effect with those things. He does. He does. I mean, they're not bad. He's obviously got them toned. They're not yeah. like some guys out there. Yeah. You know, but, but, you know, he is also 48 years old. And you know one thing that really made me happy about this match is very small. During the match, I was thinking, you know, it'd be cool if he went for the Judas effect and Cody blocked it and countered with Crossroads. And they did it in the match, and I was so happy. Yeah. I love that. That was really cool. And when he did... went. Yes, when he hit the co- the crossroads and went for the cover, the crowd lost their minds. Yeah, they went nuts. And then when he did the dusty dance and the bionic elbow, the crowd went nuts again. God, I love this match. Those two are just so good. Yeah, and Chris Jericho. Really proving just how hot a commodity he really is after leaving. Yeah. 
WWE. I think this is this match is definitely vindication for him. Yes, absolutely. Um, no, this this was wonderful. Uh, Chris then, Jericho can yeah. somehow still do a perfect lion salt. And uh, yeah, and I, I mean this is Jericho. He's yeah, Jericho's the man. Jericho's the man. Yeah, he's less champion. This is where I finally had enough of Excalibur. How do you not know what an Alabama Slam is? Not like, only do you, how do you not know an Alabama Slam, and you call it a fucking water wheel. <sighs> that no. wasn't even the bad one. You know what the one that got me? I was I I literally got up in my <laughs> out of my chair and nearly punched the television. Oh no! I don't even want to know. What was it? Uh, Jericho sends Cody down the ropes. Jericho, uh, Cody hits the ropes, and Jericho hits him with a running knee. And Excalibur, Excalibur says, and I quote, Oh, that was a powerful kitchen sink. Oh, I can actually feel your anger right now. <laughs> I can actually feel your anger anger right now. It is a running knee Excalibur, you stupid fuck. <laughs> Leave your PWG random words move bullshit out of my pro wrestling. Because Stop. Match, everything in this match was great except for you, buddy. Even when when it gets to the point when Jr. who was has been stumbling over himself all night, when he's looking at you like you can actually like feel him looking at Excalibur like a disappointed father. When it gets to that point, like, but seriously, the kicked Excalibur's sorry teenage ass out of the house once he kept wearing the mask. Like, and then I would have told him go get a real job or come back when you're serious about it. Yeah, and learn about the Holocaust. I mean, Alabama Slam. <laughs> this fucking... This guy... This guy is pissing me off, man. Yeah. It should, it's so bad. I would have loved to have Jim Ross and Shivani call the show. I would have preferred JR and Taz. Yeah. Honestly. With the way Taz was in the pre-show, keep that dude out. Keep the professionals out. Yeah, and I like Taz in general. I know a lot of people don't like Taz, but I do like Taz as a commentator. But... He said his good commentary and his bad commentary. Yeah. But, but the, he was great on the pre-show. He would have been great with JR. Those two, I had a great chemistry in the first few months that they were working together. So... But, the, but, like, but one of the best parts of the match was, of course, the finish. The finish, in my opinion, was perfect. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's great because... The great thing about this is now that Cody is is allegedly now that MJF has cost Cody his chance to fight for the AEW championship, that means Cody can spend six months to a year getting back to where he'll be able to challenge for it again. Don't don't say that, Sean. You'll you'll make the Armbar Express twitch. <laughs> I know. Oh, Shout out to you, Armbar Express. We'll plug your stuff if you ask us nicely. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> We, we love you, Thomas Robinson. Shout out to you. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, to, to me, because it wasn't like a clean loss, so yeah. Cody actually has a gripe to where he could actually say, well, I didn't technically give in or yeah. pin, pin or submit, so technically I didn't forfeit my chance to compete for the championship. Yeah. All things considered. You know, and but he's got plenty of MJF to work with right now, and there's yeah. plenty of things that he can do, help getting other people established like MJF. Dude, that, the promo the MJF cut on Dynamite with Jericho was wonderful. Absolute TV gold. He's I so loved good. it. MJF is so good. And when they started calling each other like crisscross applesauce Jericho, <laughs> just 
just like it's so stupid, but they make it work. It's, it's nice to have MJF finally getting some proper TV time. Too. I know, right? He's you so know? good. Because he's also one of the best things that they've got going for him right now. Mm-hmm. And and he's so young. Yeah. He's, he's 23. Even more. It's like... Dude, in, in, dude, in one week, I'll be 22. He's 23. Like, yeah. that is not okay. <laughs> that is not okay. That dude, it's, he, that dude is going places. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it may not necessarily be AEW when it's all said and done. But, like, but. at the end of the match when he was walking up the ramp and everyone was booing at him, apparently it was a plant. Doesn't matter. He got no, doused. He got... That was, that was so beautiful. That was the awesome. aim that dude had. The, I know that dude's got an awesome throwing arm. That dude has got a perfect throwing arm. I was like, that was the best time shot. That was awesome. Or not, that was wonderful. Like, it does, like still, it, it would honestly be perfect if it wasn't. But even if it was a plant, just absolute... Like, that dude... That dude has got to, like, be... Like, so, football teams, hire this man. Oh, and the thing was, he was getting that level of heat. Yeah. He totally was getting that level of heat. I mean, you, it, that's what made it look so realistic, and and that it could have been somebody who wasn't the plan. If he was getting like a milk warm reaction, that'd be one thing. Yeah. But he was getting pure proper heat. Dude, that's, nuclear it was heat. Just, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And also, oh, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, Chris Jericho would be a uh, world heavyweight champion for the rest of time. Uh, <laughs> so hats off to AEW for that one. That, that was. Tremendous. Tremendous. By far the best thing on the show. Yeah. And, and the, again, old school in me, I would have liked, because this was the heavyweight title match, mm-hmm. for this to have ended the show. Yes. JR screaming, damn it, why MJF, why, as the credits started to roll. Yeah. That would have been wonderful. Yeah. However, I understand why they did. Yes, me too. And, and, and I'm not saying I love the idea, but I understand the, the why. Yeah. Alright, up next we have our main event lights out unsanctioned match, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Um, before we start, can I just say that a lot of the reactions to this match are ridiculous? You know what my biggest complaint about this match was? What? They never properly shut off the lights. That I was I was gonna say that. They turned them red. I thought the fiend was gonna jump out. The colors, and then they just went to normal, but then they kept the colors weird yeah they never shut off the lights. yeah they never turned the lights off and what i was just hell? like i thought that was isn't, weird too wasn't that the point? this isn't a lights out match this is a lights red match justin roberts literally said not three seconds earlier when the lights go out we're not responsible and then the lights never went out so i guess AEW is responsible yes so you done fucked up AEW. yeah yeah <laughs> you're now on the hook for every lawsuit that's coming your way yeah that did that did irk me a little bit but um the reactions to this match some people have had are absolutely ridiculous. Like, if you don't like this kind of wrestling at all, that's fine. That's fine. But some people are treating this as if, like, we were watching the passion of John Moxley and Kenny Omega. This is not Sawzall to the head. No, it is not. John Moxley has done so much worse. I've seen this dude take a literal mechanical saw to the forehead. Yeah, that's, that's the Sawzall. Forks. Pizza cutters. I've seen this dude take a pile driver on top of a light tube. Yeah. This was tame. This, the violence in this was not what I had a problem with it with. Like, the violence in it was fine. Yeah, like, this was a watered-down CZW match, but, like, it was not anywhere near. It it 
was not anywhere near that. No. People that are trying to treat this as if it was like, oh my gosh, these people should be ashamed of themselves, grow up. Go back and watch... Jo it, these same people would vomit and pass out if they watched John Moxley in CZW back in 2010, 2009. Yeah, anything pre-WWE Moxley is pretty pretty nasty. Pretty gruesome. I mean, it's, I, I only could stomach so much of it. Yeah, like... like this, isn't, this isn't tournament of death watching the, like, the strips of flesh falling off the body. Dude, I've seen a CZW match where like Thumbtack Jack got a syringe... Put stabbed through his cheek out the other cheek, and just like ugh. Yeah, it's just it's nasty. This this was not nasty. This, this was, was tame. I I liked that Kenny Omega was not nearly as goofy as he normally is, as far as like the the, the like the crazy eye visuals and like the, the yeah. pointing and all that, because like he's very animated as yeah. a worker. Not knocking his work, <clears throat> I like his work a lot, but. It's it's very it's like over it's over the top animated. Dude, my my this favorite thing not that at all. My favorite thing in this match wasn't even had anything to do with the hardcore stuff. When he ran over the barricade, jumped and did that sweet missile drop kick over the barricade, that was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. I love that. That was awesome. He got some pretty good airtime. Yeah, this was there was a lot. Of, I'm, I'm reading my notes here because I wrote a lot. Kenny obviously was a lot more serious. Yeah. Uh, that that table setup was just like that got me nervous because in a second, like somebody goes through that table and a piece of that table hits a fan. Yeah. There's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> when he. Not gonna lie, I've never seen a bed of mousetraps before. Okay. Why did Omega? Why, why did Omega take that bump? And then immediately after you take that bump, roll across the rest of the board of mousetraps. That is, you'll have to ask Kenny Omega. Instead of rolling the other direction, like he knew the other where he knew where the rest of the board was. So does he just like mousetraps to the back? Is that like, is this a fetish? Well, he he was selling about? it like he was being tased, so maybe he was just involuntarily twitching. From mousetraps. <laughs> That is true. We already know this. Yes. And it was funny because I, I meant to mention this in the in the Riho Emi Sakura package. Nobody else, but Kenny Omega had interviews in there, but he had nothing to do with that match. I'm like, Kenny, why are you here? Why are you talking about this? Who cares? <laughs> why? Well, I think he's one of her mentors. I think. I guess, but like, they didn't do that for Emi Sakura. And Riho gave a promo anyway. And Emi Sakura gave a promo anyway. So what was Kenny doing there? He was just there going, remember I like these women? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's Riho. I like Riho. I can, I can sweet talk you in your language, baby. Anyway. Um, I, but this is this is the match where I really started to feel bad for JR. Because he just seems so uncomfortable. Yeah. Honestly, this was his best commentary of the night, but that's just because he was genuinely like, ugh, get it away. Yeah, it's... it's... I, I really do genuinely feel bad for JR. And, yeah. and even Excalibur was, like, no help with this at all. Yeah. He didn't do anything egregiously bad this this time. But. Yeah. And then, like, when they started, like, bringing out, like, real barbed wire, that's when I was like, okay. And, like, the, the crowd shots were great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The crowd shots. That's how you do a crowd shot, Kevin Dunn. Yeah. You pick the most bored girl you could find and cut to her. 
and watch her be ambivalent, or you don't cut to the dude on his phone. Yeah. Or, you know, after Roman Reigns beats Samoa Joe, you don't cut to the fans who are leaving the arena immediately. Or, you don't cut to Roman Reigns when AJ Styles is debuting. Oh, don't, oh, memories, oh, God. PTSD, I'm having bad, why'd you have to say that? So, fuck you, Kevin Dunn. <laughs> God, like... I don't care what, what pay-per-view we're reviewing. I'm still going to mention how much I don't like Kevin Dunn. Can we slam Kevin Dunn on top of a board of mousetraps and see if it makes him twitch? <laughs> I don't think we have to slam him at all. His teeth will probably just lead him to it. <laughs> yeah, he'll, sm he'll smell it and start like being drawn to it. But, uh, yeah, I, um... Let's see what what oh my, my one of my other favorite things is this match, okay, so and part of the, one of the hype packages for this match, Kenny Omega was like, "What, John? Are you gonna chain wrestle me?" So of course, John Moxley, being John Moxley, responds by bringing out an actual chain and slamming him on it. And they actually did do a little chain wrestling. <laughs> yeah, they did. That was the funniest thing they did that at the beginning of the match, which I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. They actually did put some wrestling in this. That's yeah, but like, he's like, I, you, what are you going to do, chain wrestle me? I know, but I'll wrestle you with a chain. Just like, not what I meant. Not what I meant. And you know that's not what I meant. <laughs> Honestly, that golden chain kind of took me out of the moment. I would have liked that to have been like a rusty chain or something. Or like silver. A little more practical. Yeah. Yeah. Just something that you'd find at a hardware store, not something that's like, oh, look, we've got gold in our branding. Yeah. You know, it's like, that That was kind of like one of those obvious things. I'm like, eh. Yeah. And then they brought out broken glass. Although it was... It was also obviously sugar glass. Yeah, it was obviously sugar glass. And that people were freaking out about that. And I'm like, dude, they're not actually using real glass. Relax. My thing is like, I, I think with the glass thing, because they did it with the table. First of all, Excalibur's like, oh, that's the glass from the table. How the fuck do you know that? <laughs> What, did I? Did you ever hear on Dynamite that they had saved all that glass from that table? No, he followed Kenny Omega, who picked up a piece of that table, as like in memoriam of that spot. He followed him until this show and watched him put that piece of the table in that bag. Like, like, uh, come on, Excalibur! You can't just say that and then like, because none of us knew about that. Does this guy just have like? Is he the Harvey Levin TMZ of this guy of this? Absolutely. Oh great! Oh god! He doesn't know what an Alabama slam is, but he can sure follow people around who are holding glass. As, as if I, if I could uh, like him any less. And so. <laughs> but yeah. Still, so we get through this match. Honestly, here's my big complaint about this match. It wasn't any of the spots. I thought the spots were fine. I felt that this match did not build in brutality. And, and here's what I mean. It didn't feel like a blood feud. No, well, that's not that's not even it. It's that they started off the match with the barbed wire, which was the real intense stuff. But then they did yeah. like moderate things, like the mousetrap and setting up a table. And then they go to broken glass, and it's really intense and broken glass. And then they do like a couple things on the ramp and do some some regular wrestling. And it just, it, they made the thing seem lesser in value. And then they did, like, the chain, the chain wasn't as big. Because they'd already done the stuff that was really causing the damage, from, like, right out of the gate. Dude, can you imagine if they saved the, uh, the, uh, paradigm shift through the glass table for this show? I would have liked that a lot 
Oh, that would have been ins- that would that would have well, the the crowd would have absolutely pissed themselves. I just I just thought that this whole like, and then they do the barbed wire they do the barbed wire bed they could have dissected from that and then no oh, Sean no Sean this barbed wire spider web. Oh right, excuse me. So the barbed wire bed. <laughs> <laughs> so they do the spot with the barbed wire bed. They both get out of that and then it goes through like plexiglass. Yeah. And it's like. And, and for me, that was not as effective as watching Big Show chokeslam John Cena through that halogen light. Dude, that was that was FS insane. 2009, which was baller. That was awesome. So if you're gonna do it like that, there wasn't even any like electrical sparks or anything with that plexiglass. It was like, oh, plexiglass. It it, it, it honestly it looked like cardboard. Yeah, it was. It was again. It was like, if you're gonna do barbed wire. You know, do that at the end. Do it for when it really is is that it's most intense. Don't start with that and then go to like lesser items. Even though that new spot with the thing with the chain looked really good. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, I like the new spot. Everything looked good, but it was like you had a jigsaw puzzle where all the puzzles were just in a different pieces were in a different spot. Yeah, it's like they did things out of order. Yeah, it it just it didn't feel. Yeah, like I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It went in the mode that it went to, and they're like. They did the barbed wire bed and all that stuff, and then the boards didn't even seem as important. Of taking, you know, of taking all the ring stuff up. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, boards. Even though you just suplexed each other on barbed wire, but okay, okay, wood. That cool. said, when Kenny Omega did that Phoenix splash and missed it, bruh. That looked like it hurt like hell. It didn't it bust him open? Cause like, oh. I feel like it may have, but then that that high arcing. Uh, Paradigm shift was also really nice. The one that ended the, the match. That's how you end the match, right there. Like yeah, on. That was good too. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like I said, everything looked good. That's that's that is not the issue I have with this. It if just, so, okay, so like if they put things in like a different order and like built to the more crazy stuff, then you would have liked this match much more. I would have really loved this match. I liked this match. Oh, I, I really really liked it. But honestly, I think the Jericho Cody match should have ended the show. Understand the reason why? Because the last time they did that at All Out, mm-hmm. when they did that ladder match with the Bucks and, and the Lucha Bros, it killed the main event crowd. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. They were worried about that. And I under so I understand why they did it. Yeah. And so it's it's not it, honestly. I would have liked for the main event to have been with the title match, but I think that honestly that's one of the smaller offenders of yeah. the whole night. Yeah. Like. It, it honestly, it, it was a mixed bag, but it, it had its really good moments. Yeah. You know, it had its really good moments. It's, I, is it worth fifty dollars? I didn't. I didn't spend fifty dollars on it. I watched it on a uh, server. I know, but 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 just in your opinion, if, if if this was something where we didn't have the access, right? If we didn't have the unstoppable wave of information and downloads that we do, would you have forked fifty dollars to watch this pay per view now, having watched it? Sean, I haven't held fifty dollars in like a year, so no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, actually, um, I did. Honestly, if my birthday was like a few days earlier, then maybe because I just got some birthday money. So if you had, if you had given me pocket page, the world heavyweight title match and the lights out match for fifty dollars, and just cut out the rest, I'd pay fifty dollars for that. And you'd have more of a bargain from for that. Because you don't have to sit through all the other filler shit and, and hair cutting with a knife. Yeah, that, that was weird. But to be fair, 
to AEW's credit, this is the first pay-per-view they've had that didn't have anything outwardly phony and hokey and Orange Cassidy and and what's the other one? And and Marco Stunt and, and other of those types of guys. I do they're not hate Marco Stunt, but the next time I see him flossing in the middle of a match, I'm actually going to reach through the screen and kill him. I just so can't. I just can't. So, so AEW full gear, what would you give this out of 10, Sean? Oh, God. You see, that's the problem. These are so hard to rate. Yeah. Because it's all over the place. It's yeah. Like the, the good is really good, and the bad is just, oh. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I'll give this like a six and a half. Six and a half to, may, to maybe seven, but I'd, I'd say six and a half. You want to go uh, would, just a solid six and a half or 6.75? All right. Me, I really like this show. Um, although I, I do think that like the um, I thought the opening match was good. Just went too long. Uh, I loved the second match. The uh, the Sean Spears uh, Joey Janela match felt like a TV match. It was kind of a waste of time. But I did like the spike pile driver at the end and the hair spot. Um, I enjoyed uh, uh the I enjoyed the triple threat tag team match. Although it kind of felt like it took forever to get going, and then it just sputtered out. Just like completely just stopped. And then I thought the women's match was good. I loved the AEW world title match with Cody and Chris Jericho. And I really, really liked the main event. So I'm going to go about... I don't want to give it a solid 8. So I'll, I'm going to give this a 7.75. So, so there's obviously room for improvement with this company. But, yeah. but it needs to start getting its head screwed on straight and not be a schizophrenic. Yeah. Uh, or at least if you're gonna be schizophrenic, be schizophrenic for like an hour and a half less. But hey, there's there's something on this show for everybody. Well, that's true. That, that, that's true. I mean, there are people who are gonna be, I'm sure, who are gonna listen to this and go like, you just don't understand the young bucks. They're the greatest tag team. Blah 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 blah. That's fine. I'm gonna get a comment that's like, Josh again. Why'd you why'd you bring Jim Cornette on the co- the podcast? And I'm like, because he asked to be on. Okay. Listen. <laughs> I'm not disparaging what anybody likes. Okay? You want to watch these guys, you watch these guys. Mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm not going to say, uh, what kind of fan would I be if I didn't want other fans to enjoy watching the product? But if you yeah. like Excalibur as a commentator, that's beyond the pale. Then and you need to... You're obviously poorer than the guy who had to sell his dog to make his trailer payment. And... <laughs> And that's just a bad time right there. Yeah. So, so yeah, overall, AEW, full gear, I thought this was a pretty good show. I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with this. Yeah, me too. Anything. And hey. Anything. They've kept my attention. Hey. Going AEW, there's I'm not an AEW pay-per-view every month. So, that's another thing. Which also gives them time to build, which is nice. Yeah. But what, can you imagine if there was an AEW pay-per-view every month? God, well, with WWE, it's like every two and a half Dude, we, we we would be exhausted. I am exhausted by WWE. I don't even watch most of the shows. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us, guys, for uh, the AEW review. And we will see you guys. Yeah, we will see you guys like in a week or so when we review Survivor Series. But that's gonna be a hell of a time. I hope it's good. It has great potential. Some discussion material for oh, oh, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. Like, comment, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. Uh, oh. Go subscribe to Sean's stuff because uh, he's 
He is a musician. He got he's got him some music. He's Mr. White Nucks. You know it. Absolutely. So uh, thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.